How does one hundreds and thousands? What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> Listen, this is the the ninth season. I think we've made it pretty clear we don't. Tickles your fancy. Oh, don't. You're making eye contact with me. Girl, it's me and no. you. No. Like Sid and Nancy. <sighs> so sexy. We are hottest <laughs> 100s and thousands, and oh. we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we come, come, my lady, oh. and talk about the songs <laughs> that have been God. deemed hot enough. To be my butterfly, sugar, baby, in the Triple J Hottest 100. Mm. My name is Shifty Shellshock, and no, I am one not. of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Nathan Harrison. Hi. Ender McDonald. Yeah, I suppose hi. <laughs> and my fellow resident in Crazy Town. I'm just scared of you looking at me now. <laughs> Adam I'm, 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 tr- I'm just going to avert my eyes. <laughs> Because that was just that was a lot to start an episode with for me. I'm autistic, man. It takes a lot for me to be able to fucking do eye contact, but I did it for the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I crossed the fucking picket line of my people just to fucking you've, you've got your this um, motherfucker up. Therapy, Crazy Town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of a boy for Crazy Town, <laughs> but too crazy for Boy Town. Make you think. Can we talk about the good song now? Well, we can talk about a band that were definitely too crazy for Boy Town. That is at the drive-in. This is Invalid Litter Department. Making their debut in the Triple J Hottest 100. That is a song called Invalid Litter Department. It comes from their, at the time, final studio album, what we now know as their penultimate studio album, Liars. Relationship of Command. A few months before this, at the drive in, came for their first and at the time only visit to Australia playing a controversial big day out. By the time that this had happened, uh, by the time that they were voted in, in January of 2002, for the Triple J Hottest 100, they were Dunskis. So this is this is somewhat of a posthumous vote. But for a period, they were one of the hottest commodities in American punk rock. And to tell us all about it, our reporter in the field, Adam Bixler-Zavala. Oh, man. Not worthy. Not worthy of the name. <laughs> um, yeah, at the drive-in, full disclosure, and uh, the Relationship of Command album. Yes. Like, easily one of my favourite albums of all time. I don't need to hesitate. I don't Ditto. need to think about that. Yeah. Relationship of Command, like, if you haven't heard the album, give it a listen. It, Honestly, it no, Nothing oh, sounds like it. Dude. Nothing I, sounds I'm like it. I'm so jealous of people that may hear this and hear Relationship of Command for the first time. I would not know how to process that, like hearing that record again for the first time. Holy shit. Yeah, that would be incredible. But also like every time I come to it, it still s- seems fresh. Like there is so yeah. much life and vitality in those recordings that 
it's impossible for me to ever get sick of the moments that it generates. So this song, it stands out in that it's it's a bit of a different composition for At The Drive-In, um, yeah. even in Relationship of Command. I think it has a little bit more of a relationship to the material that they put out um, on their previous albums, like In Casino Out or, or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's definitely a kind of you know, for the most part of this song, a lower energy one. Um, yeah. Although there is a... More a atmospheric. Or I, yeah. I, guess, I guess it's more fair for me to say a different kind of energy. Um, yeah. So it gets a bit dark here because I need to talk about what the song is actually about, <laughs> which is probably one of the more heavier topics that we've touched on in terms of a, a song's message for the, for the podcast. Sure, there's, been, yeah. there's been some. If you're not down to hear about uh, like sexual assault and uh, violence, uh, skip ahead for a few minutes. For sure, for sure. So this is basically dealing with the Juarez murders and uh, apologies if my pronunciation on any of this Spanish stuff is not quite you know, up to snuff. And this is basically a, a series of murders of young women who work in factories in, in, the, in the city of Juarez, which is near the US-Mexico border, um, and also near El Paso, Texas, which is important for at the drive-in because that's their hometown. Yeah. So they are talking about something that's basically in the neighborhood. More right, ever. yeah. For location's sake, El Paso is on the border of Texas and Mexico, mm. um, which yep. is yeah, especially pertinent to the uh, Latin American uh, members of at the drive-in, of yep. which I think it's three-fifths of the band. Yeah. So these factories are called uh, maquiladoras, I believe. And these are basically like these big, usually foreign-owned because or US-owned, you know, by, by large corporations um, and they, they're they basically employing more than a million Mexican workers overall many of them are women and girls yeah. um, and some of them as, as young as kind of like 13 they're paid you know a pittance up to about 50 cents a day you're usually working like 10 hours per day six days a week and usually traveling long distances to get to these factories as well this, this is what's going on already um, in terms of like the working conditions for these people. And then what was happening is basically they were being killed in large amounts. The The estimates was like 300 women had been killed between uh, 1993 and, and 2005. And the, the other aspect of this is that the, the authorities, the federales, were really not doing a whole lot about it to the point where like it became an international concern and there were several like um, international bodies that were looking at this and being like what's going on like when why is there not more being done about it so that is what this song is written about and I think knowing that does imbue the song with more it's worth that story being told and knowing about it because like that that's what bringing awareness to it for a start is what this song is kind of really all about and you can see how, like, very, very clearly you're dealing with some race issues there and you're dealing with some gender issues there and you're also dealing with some class issues there. So this is, like, rife to be a punk song. Also one that's that could only be told by... Someone like yeah, who who, who the, shares the like a, yeah. a who shares who shares a like, connection to that area and to those people that and to that and to that race and to yeah. the, exactly yeah. you know yeah. what I mean and you can you can hear that familiarity and that tie with the song that they produced. You would think that a punk band would make a very very angry song, but what you get with this song is something that is so much deeper. You get the full spectrum of grief. Yeah, it's sadness. It's kind of delirious. In moments, it's kind of defiant. It, it, it It's comforting in a way. And then, yeah, eventually it does kind of give way to just kind of despair and kind of rage. But it crosses all of those emotions, which is so much richer. And I think in a way it honours the issue and it honours more importantly the victims and the people in a way that simply being a rage-filled, angry punk song couldn't be. So the, the, the lyrics themselves, uh, they're kind of a little bit hard to pass. Cedric famously writes in this beautiful kind of like abstract poetic way. But I still think once you know about it, some of the lines really kind of like they, they kind of hit. The one that always absolutely kills me is they made sure the obituary showed pictures of smokestacks. When you're talking about the way that the, these people are just kind of viewed as a commodity, like that is, that is the most poetic, beautiful, succinct way to kind of communicate 
communicate that. And and there are several other lines that are kind of really, really like that. So like this, it, it kind of travels along and, and, and covers so much kind of emotional ground and is amazing. The sounds of the instruments in Relationship at Command, I haven't heard them sound quite like that. You know, it's it, for what's essentially like bass guitar you know all the usual suspects are represented there but yeah. everyone is so about their business and the the sonics of it just it they create such a particular character that like it's immediately recognizable as being not only at the drive-in but at the drive-in specifically from this album and not only that but i will say that this this song being from one of my favorite albums of all time also contains probably one of my favorite if not moments in music, then certainly like moments of vocality, of vocalization. Oh. But Cedric's scream at the, at the end, that final scream, it's insane. Like, yeah, it, man, it's it gets me every single time. It is so felt. Knowing what the song's about, you feel his absolutely righteous grief and the anger. He's screaming for all of those women that were raped and killed. He's he's yeah. he's like he he's, he's feeling he, that. He can't believe that, that that this exists because that's the point, right? Like after the all like and there are so many great lyrics in the thing, but yeah. then after that, it's just like you're like I can't do anything else. Ah, oh, fuck. Words have like, failed. That's yeah. it. You know, yeah. like it's like the detachment from those verses. Just yeah. leads to that. Yeah, when when words when words don't work anymore, that's All when you, you scream. scream. That's man. the break. Oh, it's the it, breakdown it, it, of language. Like that's what every yeah. scream should be. Yeah, it's insane, right? man. It's so fucking insane. So this is not fucking. Do they know it's Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's incredible. So like, I need to make a confession here. I've been listening to this song for fifteen plus years. And I was today years old when I found out all of that about this song. Mm. Yeah, right. I literally did not know what it was about or what he was talking about mm. because I, I, I'll be open, I'll be honest. Like I've never understood a fucking word that has ever come out of Cedric Bixler's Zavala's mouth. <laughs> this more is the guy than you this, think, man. This is yeah. a this is a guy that writes lines like midnight nooses on boxcar cadavers. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It could it could mean literally anything. But it does it it's definitely means something with him though. Exactly. You know? like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing on the corpses ashes, the walkie talkies, guillotines laughing, wishing well was like there's mm. there's just a lot of imagery going on, but I'd never been able to piece it together and I'd never looked into it. I hadn't like genius this song or anything. I legitimately had no idea. This song existed in this kind of ambiguous mystery to me mm. and honestly that that has really unlocked a lot of this song for me like like that spectrum of emotion like you were talking about and it also kind of ties into uh, Cedric's more recent years where he has been very outspoken against the Church of Scientology yeah. um, and accusing them of covering up a lot of sexual assault including that of his wife um, which is something that he detailed on the song Incurably Innocent, which is on the At The Drive-In Record after this one. Interalia. So Interalia, which mm. came out in 2017. I just still haven't listened to it because I can't deal with not liking it. <laughs> and I can't deal with <laughs> no, that I, risk, I man. get it. I get it, dude. Like, it's like yeah. I have to, I, At The Drive-In have to end with Relationship of Command for me because I, I it's understand, too good. Man, I understand. <laughs> I want to talk more about, I guess, the musicality behind this just because you've covered so much of the lyrical yeah, yeah, ground. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely... Uh, them trying to explore sonically outside of of the realm of them being a, a guitar band, quote yeah. unquote. Like yeah. uh, Omar has gone on record several times as saying, like he grew up hating the sound of the guitar, and he huh. always he always wanted to play in a style that was antagonistic and like antithetical to what a classic guitar sound would be. So you've got a lot going on there in terms of the sound of the record, you know, like he's picking at those really, really high high notes, you know, just creating the atmospherics, but also, yeah, inverting a lot of those minor chords, the drumming that, yeah, really keeps the song grounded in those more atmospheric moments, but also knows when to really drive them home, like in the chorus, yeah, you know, like sonically, as at odds as they were creatively a lot of the time when all five members of At The Drive-In were on the same page, they were able to really concoct something unique and something so distinctive to that group of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely going to hear this song in a, in a very different light now that I know all of that about 
the song. Mm. I'm I'm curious as to hearing from this side of the room in particular because, like Nathan, for example, like you said in the last episode, you're you're not much of a proggy guy. I am not. Definitely not. So like I can imagine you wouldn't have liked the Mars Volta at all. So wh- what's your what is your relationship? Pardon the pun. Without the drive-in. For those who don't know as well, uh, the Mars Volta being I think many people's way in kind of backwards. Yeah. In a way, because like they, yeah. they, they released... Well, they, they were formed in 2002. So yeah. a few months after this countdown aired, yeah. um, the Mars Volta formed, which was, uh, yeah, Cedric Bixler Zavala, the lead singer, and, and Omar. Omar Rodriguez Lopez, the yeah. lead guitarist. Yeah. Some people just kind of came to at the drive-in backwards that way, I suppose. Well, yeah, well, um, definitely. Because we would have been like, like what, 10, 11 when at the drive-in broke up. So we would have had no idea about them. Sure. But I mean, yeah. like, but at the time, as you said, massive, it was a massive album. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of people who were into punk, maybe. Yeah. See, but at the drive-in were a post-hardcore band. They were a quote-unquote scene band, like... Yeah, so I just uh-huh. never had any interest in them, and and the kinds of people that raved about them, I was like, we like different music, that's fine. I'm sure they're good, but I, I have no impetus or desire to listen to them. Which meant that at the drive-in for you, were just more or less unheard more than anything else. Yeah, talked about and loved, obviously, but there's never been a band that I'm like, oh, I should definitely like, you know, do that. Honestly, though, this song is amazing, and I will listen to Relationship of Command. This week, probably. Like, yeah, it's great. Cool. It's, yeah. a, it's a big same for me, man. Um, they were always like, like, again, like post hardcore emo influences. And then when I got into the Mars Volta, I was just like, I thought that the drive in was just like, oh, they were the heavy emo band they were in before they got into prog shit. Um, mm. So this was a first listen for me. And it fucking whips ass, obviously. Like, it's fucking terrific. The message behind it, the band are all in f- amazing form. The verses where he's kind of abstractly ranting as he sings it reminded me a bit of Slint um, mm. like we just the, 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 the mm-hmm. lot, not like lost because he's very pointed with all the lyrics he's saying here but like it is really abstract and not really stuck to a beat or anything like that and then when there are the the, the, the sung parts and the chorus I do have the that kind of absolute like late 90s or 2000s emo sound kind of thing like that which works really well with the way the band are all working but yeah yeah like and then like i was i was enjoying it the entire time and then when that scream came at the end like i i i, I literally got goosebumps all over my body and like i was yeah. like holy fuck man like this is yeah this is not like i love yelling in music but I, i'd never heard such it, you, you're right and it is like it's the point where it's not him yelling to just like make a yell it's him yelling because like he's gone beyond language now. He just yep. he, he's it's an expression of grief and anger and frustration and loss, and it's mm. so, so yeah. fucking terrifically fucking performed. Like, yeah. I, so again, I will be doing Relationship of Command in full for the first time very soon. So, I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I love I love to hear that. Mm. That's uh, that's awesome. It's just great. It just absolutely ruled. Like it was so fucking engaging. I was like, all oh, right, I because I, I know for a lot of people out the drive and I like the band. They're one of those bands that's like they're the band. Like like the I know when they did, did, did their reunion tour, people were like, I can't believe like, I get to see them live. I've mm. loved them forever. I was one of those people. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I never thought I would ever get to see at the drive-in, and yeah. I've seen at the drive-in three times. Yeah, I, like I, I know a lot of people that like. It's like, and particularly Relationship Command is like the album. They're one of those, they're a band that have that kind of following where the people that love them really, really love them. And yeah. hearing this, I'm like, oh, you know what? I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Terrific shit. Well, thankfully not the last time we're going to be talking about Relationship of Command. All yes. right. Which is awesome. Yeah, we got a, yeah, we, we got a little <laughs> so bit more good. on the tank, baby. Don't right, you worry cool. about that. Right. And number 84, Sacre Bleu, it's the Superman Lovers with Starlight.
Superman lovers making their debut and final appearance in the Triple J Hottest 100. That is the song Starlight. Take me back to the primary school disco, <laughs> baby. Total shift. <laughs> yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah. That would have been a real like okay, record so- scratch moment at the, at the barbecue. Oh yeah. I got some bad news, guys. You don't know what this song's about. <laughs> Superman lovers coming to us from the Isle of. France, the nom de plume, <laughs> I think is the... Uh, it's one um, guy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This was the sole hit uh, for the Superman Lovers Project. But fuck, man. If you're going to have one hit, yeah. a huge fucking tune, Galame Athlan was the name of the guy. He employed a French vocalist uh, named Mani Hoffman to do the uh, very distinctive vocals. The female vocals or the male vocals? Um, no, the female vocals are uncredited, alas. Oh, um, okay. yeah, it's just- I just think that's interesting. Mm. (laughs) Oh, actually, they're not. Um, Her name was... (laughs) Oh, that's even more interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't (laughs) see them. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) 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 Mac, you think. Okay, so the backing vocals were all recorded by one woman, Nili Olehon, or Ohehon, who is an Israeli singer. Um, so there you go, a bit more there of an international flavour, which Did are just the job. icing on an already fucking delicious cake, I must say. French pastry. Mm, mm, mm. You know, but they, yeah. they do pastries well. Big primary school disco energy for this one, yeah. obviously. So fresh vibes, 100% hits, you name it, it was there. This song was inescapable. One of the biggest songs in the world at the time, an international hit. Uh, hitting the top 40 in Australia, in Belgium, in France, Germany, Ireland, the Netherlands, Italy, New Zealand, Norway, Scotland, Switzerland, the UK. Huge song. And honestly, I can completely see why. This reminds me a lot of a, another French one-hit wonder. You, you know where I'm going with this. Music sounds better with you. You're goddamn right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It goes straight into that playlist, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, for yeah. sure. Mojo. Oh, uh, Lady Hit Me Tonight. Yeah. 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 Oh, put yes. It in there. You can put it in, you know, the, the French. Was it French touch? I've heard this phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, French house. French house. It's, is it's, the it's, genre. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. this touch business? Is that like Britpop, like French touch? I think so. Yeah, I, I think right. it's used to describe the songs, the the, the, the French house that was coming yeah, out around they've got this a, time. They've got a French touch to them. Mm. Ooh la la. Guess so. Yeah, oui, oui. Guess so. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, away from uh, uh, the uh, French side of things, uh, we have massive Studio 54 vibes. This is a real like Boney M, like mm. 70s disco throwback, which... Yeah, was making a comeback around this point and has since made a comeback again, as we've discussed. Yeah. We're, we're in the new disco era. Mm. So, Dua, if you're listening, please do Starlight for Live Lounge. And Thank give us, us five stars. And please <laughs> give us a fucking five star. Jesus yeah. Christ, Dua Lipa. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to give us a five star, don't show up. What are you doing? Don't come out. I'm yeah. so mad. This is going to be so embarrassing when <laughs> she leaves the review before this episode comes <laughs> out. <Yeah. laughs> Like, hey guys, do a leaper here. Yeah. <laughs> Great podcast. Just, just you know, we should rec- like record a retraction, maybe, or just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. sub this in when she has already like you know. Do a thank you so much for the five star. Great to hear from you, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Best of luck to you too. I think you're going places. <laughs> I, I think I see, you're doing all. I, right. see, I see a bright future for you. Consider this the hottest bump. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I love Julie, but though. Yeah, let's focus on the task at hand. The Superman lovers, Starlight. What a fucking gorgeous tune. This song still holds up twenty years later. Those buttery vocals that, you know, that roller disco vibe, just the energy that's coming off this song and that triumphant chorus. It it, it feels like a song that would have been in the 70s musical. You know, this mm. this feels like the big triumphant uh, oh number God, really where does. everyone comes out on stage and does the big stretched arms and like everyone's kind of dancing through the aisles and that sort of thing. There's just something so triumphant about a song like this. Oh, and I tell you what's a... Bit of an extra treat. Radio edits are serviceable. Don't get me wrong. Three minutes 50 of this song is great. 
Well, you tell you, tell you what's even better. Six minutes of this song, the full album version from the uh, from the album, the player. Does it expand upon the story at all? <laughs> <laughs> we no, because no, I'm strangely invested. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. We will get. We will get to that. This might have to be another coffee and TV discussion where we uh, talk about the song first and then talk about the video. Oh, I haven't seen the video. Oh, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> Wait, about? Wait, what? I'm talking about the lyrics. What? No, we're talking about the Potato Man. The, but there's a Potato Man? Oh, my the, God. The, the video is insanely good. Oh. I've half a mind to stop this podcast right now. <laughs> Turn it around. Turn it around. Go to the Potato Factory. No more not watching the video for anyone. So the real Potato Heads can talk about this video. Thank you, um, David. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. You've been to your fair share of primary school discos. You, 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 know, you know the... <laughs> <laughs> that sounded sus. <laughs> they ask you to stop coming. <laughs> I don't want to dox myself, but I was in year seven when this came out. So, oh, okay. You know, all right. I was in year five. So mm. there you go. Oh, so, so year seven discos then. We <laughs> you don't get a disco in year seven. When do you get? Di- I swear you get discos every year. Wow, maybe wow. maybe wow. at your school, okay, wow. disco school. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I went to a fucking Catholic school, man. We had to we had to leave room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Actually, like at some tertiary education that's all about disco, and like, I hope we get a disco this year. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I hope the disco principal lets us have a disco. Oh. No, no, no. Disco is purely theoretical. We have no real yeah. discos. Yeah. You're, not, you're not ready for applied disco. Yeah. Did your school have a disco? Uh, probably. <laughs> what do you mean, probably? Yeah, you, would, you would have gotten the invite everywhere. All the students were invited. I, I remember dancing at, you know, in a weirdly structured school environment. You remember standing on one side of the room. Yeah, while well, all the girls stood oh, on the other Nathan, side. Oh, Nathan, you did not know me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the yeah, fucking was, Lothario was, over here. Uh, no. Big player. <laughs> no, I just... Oh, the Don Juan of year six. <laughs> <laughs> I was dancing very firmly and happily just by myself. Yeah. Hell like, yeah. Oh, that's my boy. Yeah. That's my that's, boy. And now yeah. he's swimming in them pussies. So, you know. There's a lesson there. <laughs> Nathan, what did you think of this fucking song? <laughs> it's obviously the best. Hell like, yeah. That's, How fucking good is it? It's, it? I mean, it's just joyous and it's oh always my God. been joyous. Yeah. What a fucking treat. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not yeah. up for debate, surely. Absolutely. No, you know, you know the thing that I I like in particular about the joyousness of this song is it's just purity, borderline naivety. <laughs> Right. I talked about the storyline of the song, right? Because it's literally about a guy going, I'm moving to the big city and I'm feeling like all my dreams are going to come, come true yeah. and my parents are going to be proud of me. And it's like, my sweet summer child. <laughs> it is so really optimistic. It's someone with a prayer to the night sky that their dreams will come true. That oh, is what Adam, this, this video is going to break your heart. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Oh, my God. <laughs> You are the sweet summer child, Adam. Oh, God. No, but yeah, obviously this song is just exactly what you want French house disco to be. It's that. There's not much more that can be said. It's, it hits all those tropes that it has in there elegantly and with joy. It's just fucking, it's like a fun. The build-ups are so satisfying. Yeah. You know, like the breakdown and then coming back in with everything. It's just like, it's just delight. Yeah. And there's something about the way that it, to me, and I don't, I don't know, something about it just puts you in the picture, it's like you're the star of the show when you're listening to this. <laughs> I don't know any be- a better way of putting yeah. it, but it's like it puts you on a stage, it shines a light on you, it dresses you up, and it gives you a full like backup suite of of singers and musicians. And you don't even need to do anything; you can just stand yeah. there, and everyone will congratulate you at the end of the song. <laughs> can we yeah. talk about the video now? <laughs> yes. <gasps> yes. Oh, the little potato man. I'm getting a sense that there's a little potato man. Young potato man mm. living at home. He's got himself a little home studio. He's working on songs because he wants to be... What's this? Um, what's it made of? Uh, it's like weird like claymation. Claymation? No, motion kind the, of, like, oh, oh. oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what's his st- he's a potato man. Yeah. yeah man. You, uh, it's a really unique art style. It, it looks really terrific. like sepia tones and very cool. Like, it, no, it, it's great. Okay. He's mixing some beats together. He's making a big disco hit. It's going to be great. Okay. He's got it. He's holding it in his hand. He runs out to show his parents. They don't care. Are they also potatoes? Yeah, of course. L- How do you think? Fa- <laughs> How do you think biology works? Obviously, families can take lots of different shapes, and I'm not saying that, like, you know. Like but your fa- biological parents are the only family you can have. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not saying that, Adam. And neither is this video. <laughs> and neither, yeah. 
His parents won't even look his way. Too transfixed are they on the television screen. <sighs> the idiot box. That yeah. <laughs> watching the villain of the video, a skeleton. Uh, okay, I've got a problem with this video. <laughs> Skeletons are allies and they're also super cool. Weird kind of racial thing going on because it's clearly like Mexican skeleton playing a guitar. And like a Day of the Dead style. Yeah. Everyone in the world is transfixed on this. This is what you know. everyone Fair. enjoys. That's what um, I'd be watching. But it's very like mindless entertainment, you know, whatever. How dare they? The, the skeleton art is Potato a- Boy with his mm. CD is like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna like try and wait, does he find the rat next? Yeah. Go- I don't think he calls the record places yet. I think he goes back into his room now. Yeah. Okay. Someone's playing his song. Oh my god, it's How? coming from the wall. How? There's a rat DJ living in the wall who's playing this track as part of his radio show. Oh. That's cool. Okay. The rat is very cool. You can tell straight away. You like, you can tell the rat's a bro. Yeah, and like okay. real tastemaker hours. Like this rat. Sure. Got his, I mean, his ear is already closer to the ground than most. But <laughs> you know, already. So, Potato Boy and Rat team up. They're like, we're going to do it. We're going to make it big together. Okay. I don't know what the rat is really bringing to the song because yeah. the song's already produced at this yeah. point. <laughs> rat's part of the team. They call up all the record labels. They're like, we got this song. And all the record labels are like, no, we have no time. For this um, question, okay. At this point, uh, are the record as is it still primarily potatoes? Yeah, yeah. Most most people yeah. are in, in some way potato. Like obviously, there's variety of color and sizes. Oh, there's a, there's a variety of different potatoes. Some are probably yeah, like for potatoes. I don't know. Yeah, red yams in there maybe. Mm. Um, Better for boiling. They or- call up all the places. No one wants it. As mm. a last resort, they call up the the label of the skeleton guy. Oh, great. And and that guy is like, yes, this will get me more money. Right, well, he takes he signs them up. Hang on, that's not necessarily you know wanting to be paid for the art you make isn't necessarily. Yeah, this is such a long. <laughs> this is so long. <laughs> he signs them up, distributes the song. People go nuts for it. Mm. Very very quickly, they lose interest and switch back to to Skeleton Man. Um, and it's a real like can't beat the classics. Know, this you have this glimmer <laughs> yeah, of success, and and instantly. Um, you know, it, it falls away from them. It was in their hands, Adam. It was in mm. their hands. Except Uh-oh. someone yeah. else has heard this song Who's this? as it was broadcast through the airwaves. Yes. Bloody aliens, Adam. Okay. Didn't see that Ali- coming. Yeah, no. Did no, not see that did coming. Did not see that coming. No. They heard the song. They love the song. They're going ballistic for They're it. Going, they? oh, that's the school disco you want to be at. This alien spaceship. Everyone's just like dancing, having a great time. That'd be a lot to deal with. So they're like, we're going to, we want to meet these, you know, songsmiths. Let's go. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they travel in their spaceship. Who knows how long it takes? Not very long, I think, in the video. <laughs> seconds. Of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> They're clearly a very advanced species, the speed yeah. of which they can travel. Yeah, yeah. Is this low key a punishment for me not watching the video? Absolutely. This is better than the video, but the video is <laughs> it, great. It, I mean, I don't get to ask the video questions. So. Uh, spaceship coming in. Oh yep. my god, they're gonna like take them away, and this is the happy ending. Spaceship getting closer and closer to the house. Hey, hang on. Uh oh, they're coming for the skeleton. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're really small. Potato boy is never gonna fit in this spaceship. You know who is the rat? The DJ rat. He he gets on board. He's flying away. He's going to have a great life with these aliens who worship. Again, I don't think he contributed anything to the yeah. song. So, mm. Um, mm. and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm not sure what the moral takeaway is from that. That's a, yeah. Sometimes things are tricky. This industry will spit you out, man. Eat you up and spit you out. But if you're a skeleton, you're made. That's, it. <laughs> that's the video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't need to see it now. You do. It's oh, really you absolutely do. <laughs> but just, just glorious song. Yeah, and, absolutely. And sometimes one hit wonders are like, oh yeah, this kind of whatever. But like, this is just like an amazing. There's a purity yeah. to this weird mm. disco. It's so pure. Yeah. Like, it's it's unbelievably pure. Yeah. is mm. the thing. Love it. At number eighty three, this is Ash with Shining Light.
coming in at number 83 in the 2001 Hottest 100 with the track Shining Light from their album Free All Angels. It's been a hot minute. It has. Mm. 2001, bit of a comeback year for a lot of people. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I don't trust (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the two times we talked about Ash previously were from their 1977 album. So the 1996 countdown had uh, Goldfinger and Oh Yeah. This was another one of those moments where I come in just thinking, oh yeah, of course, we'll all just be discussing Ash, this band that we all know. And you all stared at me like I was an alien trying to invite you back and there was only room for a rat on the ship. <laughs> like, just We won't fit. No. But... This leads us to the Free All Angels record, which has two big hits uh, from it. This obviously being one of them. Andrew. David. What are your thoughts on the song Shining Light by the band Ash? Um, well, okay, it's not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, look, apparently um, uh, the singer, Mr. Ash, um, when he <laughs> Please, was... Please, Mr. Ash was his father. <laughs> um he he wrote it when he was he was driving Call him home. Tim Wheeler that's his name all right mr ash um <laughs> he, when he was driving home he apparently thought Wheeler, of the driving uh, yeah, yeah he thought of the the lyric though like the you're my shining light he um, thought of that yeah that's that's, that's why he is <laughs> that's a mr ash original you can take that to the bank um well he's clearly he tried to <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it for his uh girlfriend or a girlfriend at the time so i imagine singing it these days might be a bit of a bummer. Um, but yeah, apparently like he showed the band and they were like, they did the, you were going to hit Sonny kind of thing. Like they knew they, they, they did had it. they? Yeah. <laughs> well, they did because this was like featured in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It, it was featured in the, the ending of Roswell mm. in 2002. Wow. Yeah, also the ending of The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I was going to say, no, after the cut is when the, it came in. Yeah. Credits roll. It's like, obviously, like, very, like, hook-worthy thing. Like, it's all hooks are out. Like, it's very much trying to be catchy. Was popular. Um, <laughs> what you, is that all you can say about it? What are you trying to? Like, is this something you're avoiding saying here? No, there's just not much to say about it because it's just a boring <laughs> pop rock song. Is it me? Like, the, the vocal performance is just so, like, uninterested. Oh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't pick up on that. but I didn't really either. Oh, I think there's something about the <laughs> melody always going, like, you are my guiding light. Like, it's just shining so, light. Sh- yeah. <laughs> you forgot. I don't care. You're so disinterested in the song, you forgot what it was called. I was going to say, for me, the listener experience was out of disinterest. Well, yeah, yeah. it's just. There is no passion in his voice at all. I guess that's why the relationship didn't last. I guess so. <laughs> I re- yeah, I'm like, this is... He, he sounds bored. All uh, right, what... I think it picks up. It definitely gets better the more layers are added. And there mm. are some layers added. Like an onion. And honestly, I think the, the chorus kind of hits you where you need it to hit. Especially the first kind of bit of the chorus where it kind of repeats that first melody again. That kind of... That kind of works for me. I can imagine this, you know, very much appealing to your your Travis fans mm. and your Coldplay mm-hmm. fans. Oh, yes. Yeah, and um, your your Train fans. Your Train fans. <laughs> wow. You see that's, where it, that's brutal. <laughs> you see where it <laughs> Travis, see it. I get, but Train, fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Train were pretty massive in two thousand one. Lest yeah. we forget. And listen, if you were standing in the rain at Glastonbury. And this band was playing this song and it was, you know. You would just want to leave yeah. Glastonbury and go home and dry off. <laughs> nice fresh towel. <laughs> a, hot, a hot shower. Hot shower. After a cold rain. Oh. Yeah, you guys that, are really in your fucking uh, 30s, after aren't a, you? After a muddy Glastonbury. <laughs> after a muddy Glastonbury. <laughs> you know what else I'm going to do after that? For you, not me. Mm. Pop the kettle on. Pop the kettle on. Oh, mate. If you, like... That's what. That's what I'm a good friend you are. Imagine you two having this entire conversation during like Kings of Leon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be lying if I ha- if I said I haven't watched a lot of bands and thought love to be home right now. Yeah, oh, <laughs> guys, Dude. can't be saying that shit on air. What, what will people think? You can you can listen to podcasts at home. <laughs> this is a music podcast, and we have to make it seem like we would rather be listening to music than, than anything else. <laughs> I'd rather listen to good music. Mm. Right. Mm. Okay. 
That's where you draw the line, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It is. Yeah. Nine, think, se- nine seasons and he's finally drawing a line. Bad music. It's bad. <laughs> Not for me, fam. Not for me. All right. What about the fact, that. ladies and gentlemen, yes. that this song contains a key change? Yes. It changes keys. It sure does. You think it's going to do the same mm. thing and then it bloody gets you by doing it in a different key. What do we feel about that? Nathan's shaking his head. I'm a staunch key change advocate. I've always been an ally to key changes. It's the correct opinion. I just think this is a good demonstration that key changes can't save everything. Wow. That's it. Yeah. You hate to, you hate to say it, but you hate to hear it as well. <laughs> you bloody hate it, Tim. You just don't like to hear it at all. <laughs> um, at some point, Brett Easton Ellis called it his favourite song. I think that's oh, very funny. That's the oh, best God. review of the world. <laughs> that's that's very funny. Do, wh- why? <laughs> Northern Irish psycho. <laughs> How, oh. oh, was that your was that your scoop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I saw that like minutes ago. This is <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis, the writer of American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. And these days more well kind of more well known as a weirdo dipshit alrighty oh. Oh, sympathetic is he? guy. Yeah. Brett Easton Ellis is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he no good. Yeah. Oh. He's a he's a dweeb. Oh, okay. I just think the song's really boring. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think most of that is the vocal performance. I just think there's I something get it. Yeah. not exciting about the register he's singing at and mm. the kind of melodies not ever kind of going up. I, I am literally the only Ash fan in this room. Like, I've seen them twice. I love a good chunk of their singles, Girl from Mars and Clones. But by that same token don't particularly care either way for this song. Mm. Like, even as the sole, like, yeah, I like this band person in the room, this song has never really st- stood out to me as being like, oh, yeah, but by that same token, it's also never been like, oh, I fucking hate this song. But at this time, you know, they they still had some gas, gas in the tank, you know, they were... St- pretty popular in Australia. They were coming here a fair bit. Well, one of the big marquee acts of Splendour in 2004. And what happened to Splendour in the grass after that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate this song. I think it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> just imagining fucking 2010, like the biggest Splendour ever, like Kanye and Coldplay. Yeah. You guys are just, fuck, I can't wait to go home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> My feet are covered in mud. Yeah. yeah. Everyone around me is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, just be cool. Just be cool, man. If it was a hot day, mate, I know um, <laughs> on the way home, yeah. I'd be buying you a Bundaberg ginger beer, oh, mate. Oh. Ice cold. Listen, I love the friendship. Entirely indifferent to this song, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the mood will change when we talk about Ash for the fourth and final time. Who's to say? At number 82, this is Lazaro's Dog with Home Entertainment System. in the 2001 Hottest 100 with the song Home Entertainment System. Nathan, mm. you own a home entertainment system. Um, You have a television. You've got I some think- shit at home that entertains you. I, look, I think it's important to reflect here that home entertainment system at this time means a particular thing. Like okay. that's a TV with like a surround sound and like yeah. it also... Does radio for reasons that no one needs. If you were ever curious as to what it was, he he does actually. Mister Lazaro, or AKA Mister Mister Dog, yeah, yeah. <laughs> does outline it for you. <laughs> if you if you're at home and you have a series of things to entertain you, is that an entertainment system? system? Yes, like Surely. You, you, know, you know what's great home entertainment system? Deck of cards, <laughs> <laughs> coffee and a book. 
Oh, Jesus Fuck Christ. Fuck you, cunts are in your 30s. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're really in their 30s. Oh, God. Doing, doing a crossword. <laughs> I'm very thankful you guys left the house to I'm come out to do this today. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. You guys are my home entertainment system right now. Hey. Friendship. We've become so uncool. So this very clearly lives in the same landscape as your spider bait and your regurgitator. But this this really beautifully encapsulates that era of like the turn of the century and like all of the new electronics that were coming out, like DVD, like it was a big deal at this point. Like it's making fun of all that stuff in a really just joyous way. Yeah. And in terms of being, you know, this kind of song, like it's it's an in and out song. And it's just having fun saying home entertainment a, system a whole lot. It's fucking, to me, it lives alongside like this kind of music. It's similar to Nancy Vandal or The Drugs yeah. and to a certain degree, oh, Machine yes. Gun Fellatio. Custero. Um, yep. Custero. Yep. Like exactly that kind of fun that could only come from Australia. Yes. And it's specifically yep. from the late 90s to early 2000s. Yeah. That's and when this music exists. And I love it so much. You bloody is, love to hear yeah. it. You bloody you love blo- to hear it. As soon it. as this came on, I knew exactly what it kind of was. Yeah, and it was that. Yeah, and I'm glad it was. And yep. that's that. <laughs> bloody <laughs> oath. Yeah. But it's but it's also like it was also a version of it that I hadn't quite heard before. Yeah. It's not as if it's novelty in terms of the music that it's playing with, because like the guitars sound incredible, all the instruments sound yeah. incredible, and be- but because it doesn't take itself so seriously, when you've got those those like ba 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 da da da, you know like. You throw yourself with abandon into that shit. Dude, the but but is so catchy as well. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to be in a pub doing that now. I know you guys yeah. don't. You got you got towels I, and coffees. I could, I could be swayed for this. Oh. Yeah. Well, look, wow. I, I, I may be ancient, but I'm also an alcoholic. So if we're going to the pub, <laughs> I'll go to the fucking pub, mate. <laughs> you can squeeze in a bit of pub. <laughs> And if you were at the pub and this was playing, you'd be you'd be a hundred percent on board with that chant. You'd, mm. be, you'd be going yeah. for it. It's just fucking fun, man. Like it's exactly as silly and quintessentially Australian as this kind of music should be. And making fun of you know people who take themselves a bit too seriously about their home entertainment systems. Yeah, mm. you love to see that too. Absolutely, it's it's awesome. Who wants to take a bet on whether Lazaro's dog are still together? They, They're still they playing. They still are. I checked. They're still yep. doing pub gigs in Adelaide. Yep. Good bloody yeah, man. Oh, we love it. Their they, Facebook they is most awesome. Recent, they most recently played uh, the Home Brewed Beer and Barbecue Festival in Adelaide alongside friends of the show, the Super Jesus. Love it. Uh, my mates in West Debedon, uh and Towns and a cover band called I Can't Believe It's Not Weezer. <laughs> Which is technically friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that they're still doing stuff. I was like, that's, that's great. great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah. Want to buy these guys a beer? For sure. And a DVD. Oh, definitely. What yeah. DVD would you buy them? I think I'd buy them like The Matrix or something. I'd get them, I'd oh. get them a classic. The first Matrix on DVD. That'll yeah. look really good with your Dolby's and your Yeah, Yeah, that was, that, that was a big selling point of DVD was The Matrix. I know. Like it was oh, a, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big like DVD era. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, now this song was this song was fun. This makes perfect sense as a song in the hottest 100, like this low in the countdown yeah. for sure. And I'm just delighted to know it. Like yeah. I hope it pops yeah. up on a playlist sometime. Yeah, because I will be so happy to recognize this. All right, citizens, you have waited long enough. It is time to come, come, my lady, at oh. number. 81 This is a goddamn motherfucking crazy fucking town with butterfly Come my lady come come my lady you're my butterfly sugar baby Come my lady come come my lady you're my butterfly sugar baby such a sexy sexy pretty little thing this paper bitch you got me sprung with your tongue ring and I ain't gonna lie Cause your loving gets me high So to keep you by my side There's nothing that I won't try Butterflies in her eyes And her looks to kill Time is passing I'm asking could this be real Cause I can't sleep I can't hold still The only thing I really know Is she got sex appeal I can feel Too much is never enough You always there to lift me up When these times get rough I was lost now I'm found Ever since you've been around You're the woman that I want So you're putting it down Come my lady Come come my lady That was Crazy Town Coming in at number 81 In the 2001 Hottest 100 for their first and final appearance. The song is Butterfly. This is the first of 
two songs in the history of the Triple J Hottest 100 to sample the Red Hot Chili Peppers instrumental Pretty Little Ditty, which was recently revived by UK rap hero Hedy One for his track with AJ Tracy and Stormy... Stormy? Fucking hell. I, I sound like that fucking boomer on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't Stormy do a song about Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, simpler times. God, yeah. good times. But yes, Ain't It Different uh, was the song that got into the recent Triple J Hottest 100, marking two different acts of two different eras that have sampled the same instrumental from, I believe, the Mother's Milk album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This comes from The Gift of Game, which is the debut studio album from Crazy Town, which, funnily enough, was released back in 1999, November mm-hmm. 99. Mm-hmm. This record came out. They yeah, had a lot of uh, hype surrounding them. But for whatever reason, this didn't initially click. The label was directly quoted as saying, stick a fork in Crazy Town. Because this is their third single as well. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So Toxic and Dark Side uh, both came from this. Yeah. Which kind of got a little bit more traction overseas, apparently. Like in, yeah, in, in the but Europe. Barely. Yeah, yeah. Barely. Yeah. Um, but they dropped Butterfly in 2000. And that was like their last shot. They were just like, well, if this doesn't do anything, we're fucking, we're done for. And, oh boy, uh, the tables turned pretty quickly. This went number one in the US. This went top five in Australia. This went into top five in Austria, Finland, Germany, Norway, uh, New Zealand, Sweden, Switzerland, the UK. This is two times platinum in Australia, platinum in Britain, gold in the, U- in the US. This was one of the certifiable smash hits of the turn of the century. Yeah, wow. What a dark timeline. Mm. Yeah, a, a bizarre, bizarre uh, moment in time. Es- ostensibly kind of cashing in on the new metal craze of the time. Like, if you go back and listen to The Gift of Game, which I know you all have, don't front, <laughs> don't front. More than anything, I'm fascinated by it, just thinking like a song like this becoming successful at this moment in time. It couldn't have happened in the 90s. It couldn't have happened in the 2010s. It could have only happened in this specific moment in time. Yeah, that's true. Where, yeah, like I said, new metal is one of the biggest things in the world. Fred Durst is on fucking TRL every other, every other weekend. You know, like these bands that are hot commodities are playing in intensely non-commercial music, you know, mm. bands like Korn and stuff like that are, you know, filling arenas, you know, like this, this is hot commodity stuff, you know, like this is the crowning mainstream pop achievement of the genre. It is way poppier than any other new metal song. Oh, like, for sure. And yeah. Presumably anything else off the album that I haven't listened to. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, no, they, they get into some uh, wild shit later on in that record. There's a song about a lollipop porn bitch who's a hardcore sex bitch turned suicidal. I beg your pardon. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the story of this song is that the songwriter's partner um, heard them jamming on that and was like, is this what you think of women? And old mate was like, oh, I should write a song that, about how I love you. That is that? Wow. Yeah. That that would be Mr. Shifty Shellshock, a.k.a. Seth Binzer. Yeah, just put it, just, just want to like, his name is Shifty Shellshock. Oh, you're goddamn it's right just, it it's is. It's just worth saying. I didn't know that story, and I, I you can see in my notes here, I decided this song is what a misogynist thinks romance is. Actually, I just want to try this Try this out. Uh, imagine Dragon's style. Does anyone want to guess how many people were in Crazy Town at the time of recording this album without going over? Towns can be pretty big. I say seven. A crazy one? You were bang on seven people in Crazy Town at this point. Shifty Shell Shock, uh, Brett Epic Mazur was the other uh, rapper slash turntablist in the group. The late, great DJ AM. Uh, There was uh, James Bradley Jr. on drums, who was like like a jazz slash session drummer who had never listened to any kind of new metal or anything before, but they just saw him playing and were just like... 
hey, you want to play in our band? And he was just like, sure, you will pay me lots of money, right? Him and most of the band left uh, after, you know, obviously the the hype around the band uh, eventually subsided. Even Brett Epic Mazur eventually left the group. Oh, that also brings me to my next point. They're still together. They are still going. Uh, there was some uh, legal troubles recently. Uh, they added an X into their name so they could legally keep performing as Crazy Town. So they are now Crazy Town X. <laughs> because they were sued by the town? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really uh, sad that they're still going. Yeah. I feel bad. I mean, it's hard to break out of cycles like that. Yeah. But it is truly a bummer that they're still a band. <laughs> I... Did not think this would be a Triple J crossover hit. <laughs> really? After all the new metal that we've talked about. But this doesn't even sound like new metal to me. It, 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 it sounds all. like weird ass soft pop rap. Yeah. Yeah. It's clear that with this song, they achieve what they wanted to achieve because it was an absolute. Everybody knows this song if you're around at that time. It's a touchstone Absolutely. of the era. That's it. Like, for, for what they're doing, it's an incredible song. As a gross, sleazy pop song. You know, for a fact, I'm going to I'm gonna take out that one little <laughs> it's bit. It's an incredible <laughs> song. <Yeah. laughs> but it is. Like, they nail what they're wanting to do. They nailed it. And what they're wanting to do is be incredibly huge dipshits. But even I can remember as, like, a 12 and 13-year-old, like, thinking that it was a really fun song. Yeah. Like, and, like, that it was very funny to, yeah. like, to sing along yeah. with, you know? The, yeah. the, the, the best thing about the song now is obviously saying... John Mulaney, John John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. The thing is, though, that sample, the Red Hot Chili Pepper sample, is really good. So that carries so, so much, right? I think like that's the reason why the song is popular and why so many people kind of get behind it. And then I guess you got the kind of shock value of someone so brazenly... You know, this this song does make eye contact with you and it yeah. does it, really it knows does. exactly what it's doing. Like and I as a listener feel hugely like exposed by it. The way that second person operates in this song is really, really interesting. Because in no other song do I feel more acutely that the you being spoken about is me. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, you really turned his life around. The other thing that I think Sugar is really Mama. interesting in terms of the lyrics, right, is and, and this is kind of sad, and I don't, I'm not making light of this in any way, but Shifty Shellshock is someone who's suffered from a lot of addiction issues he's, and, he's, uh, and he's substance been on abuse. the TV reality addiction shows yes. many times. Like MTV, um, what is it, like Celebrity Rehab or whatever yeah. it's called, I think is the name My, of the show. Yeah. Fucking abominable uh, yeah. idea for a show. Im- immoral. Despicable. Absolutely like, immoral. Let's, let's just like be very, very fucking clear about that. And also, Shifty, probably not the best way to try and help yourself, my dude. But I understand yeah. that, you know, like probably the money was all right, but yeah. like... Again, that's why the show existing sucks. It's, it's immoral. I look at the lyrics and the way that he describes romance and I go like, yeah, you're an addict. Like the way you describe the this, this person that you're into... Is it's just got so much like kind of addictive language around it. I mm. found that really interesting when I came back and and looked at that at that time. But like, I get uncomfortable listening to this because I'm not I'm not used to a man talking to me this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically is basically it. And I'm Have like, you oh, never listen to One Direction. That's five guys doing <laughs> the same That's thing true. at once. But it's it's different, right? Because like, what's really interesting about this song is that I thought it was a lot more sexually explicit than it was. But it's just the intensity of that chorus mm. and the brazenness of the way that he uses the word come. Mm. Twice. Because the verses are kind of just like describing the relationship, basically. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, like, you know, a dweeb dude who has a dyed faux hawk and nautical star tattoos and frosted tips and nipple rings. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, trying to be romantic. To, yeah. <sighs> Right, oh this Lord. song has a fucking nipple ring. I'm just gonna say oh, that, big time. Yeah. and it and it is proudly on display. I'm on his Google images right now, and I'm having a great time. Okay, <laughs> I tell you what, boys, I would really love, and I think this is a big failing of of the podcast at this moment. Excuse me, <laughs> in that there are four, your podcast, there are four guys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that one chatting about this song, and I would really, I'm really fucking interested what it's like to listen to this song as a girl. As like a as like a heterosexual girl, and be like, what what what's this like? What is this? What are your thoughts and feelings and reactions? Whether it's the first time or whether you're remembering back, like I am deeply interested in what that experience is like mm. because I just feel like this song has a gaze. 
Yeah. And, and, oh, had, yeah, yeah. and it's and it's so so different to like when I'm listening to a young thug song and young thug says he's gonna nut on my face. I don't mm. believe he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? What you don't think he's gonna ride in your pussy like a stroller? I really don't. I really uh, don't. I really think I'm I'm witnessing a conversation between Young Thug and another party. Yeah. And I am, I am I am privy to a conversation in that in that instance. Okay. But there's yep. something about the chorus of this song more so than a lot of other songs that I feel like it's 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 fucking looking at me, man. He's being sure. lecherous. Okay, so yeah. yeah, we we can definitely put the call out for women to uh, put forward their opinions. The problem is we're all standing on this side of the room and they're all standing at the other side of the room. <laughs> and even though this song is playing, we should all be dancing together. We're all just kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know. Hugely inappropriate school disco song. <laughs> Insane. Which was definitely played at my... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It would have been a censored version, but it definitely happened. Yeah. Definitely fucking happened. I remember... Because, yeah, it would have been like 12 or 13 or whatever when this came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember like feeling quite scandalized... Just the line, I'll make your legs shake, was yeah. there's something so right. explicit about that. Mm. But again, that hearing that in a pop song is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Obviously, I didn't say that. I wonder about that line as well, because like, okay, sure, you are kind of focusing on female pleasure here, mm-hmm. right? So, But I also go like, is it just one of these things where it's like, you only want to be seen to be good at pleasuring a woman, it's still you here, man. You know what I mean? Well, considering the, the origin of why he wrote the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Do you think that there was he was skewed one way or another in terms of the intended audience? Do you think he was he was mm. writing this, you know, like saying like, this is a song for women or this is a song for men? I'm being so heteronormative and I want to recognize that for a start. Um, but I think this song is also operating in a heteronormative <laughs> space. So that's why I'm doing it. From the, the way that the, the, like, the act in the video and the way this song fucking sounds and the fact that he wrote this, the porn bitch one, <laughs> I imagine that he wrote this to be like, yeah, I'm a cool sex guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah that. But who does he want to know that? Everyone. Okay. It's a male male shit. And it's and it's like, you know, when when a guy listens to this song, he wants to put himself in that position. It's, it's, it's oh, a, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, right. yeah. I'll make you go crazy, baby. Like that yeah. kind of yeah. 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 But let us fuck. Dipshit hours. <laughs> yeah. Is that so that's where because I don't know whether you guys have made that totally as explicit as the song is <laughs> about your stance on it. I I mean it's just it's like Did you think it whips? That's clear. It's, it's hilarious. Like, I have a lot of fun with this song. It's absolutely a, a cornerstone of its time. They did what they wanted to do well, but it's, it, it's, it's just fucking... It's a joke. It's a bad joke. <laughs> it's be- a bad joke. Because of... The inbuilt lecherous misogyny I feel from him is the way he sings. Yeah. The fact that, like, the rapping is crap. The beat, like, the sample of the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing is interesting. It's very good. I could just listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers if I wanted to do that. And I, don't, I rarely want to do that. <laughs> I don't. So there, there is an interesting thing what Deej was saying about One Direction and stuff. Like this song mm. is just being explicit about what many, many other songs are not explicit yeah. about. That's an interesting um, take. And if you're talking about like the male gaze in songs, like, you know, Crazy Town are not the, you know, the be all and end all. Oh, no, of course not. Like it's not a good song. It's like the despicable part of me is like I see the fun in it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you calling me despicable? No, <laughs> it's okay. I can take but, it. But, I'm a but, big girl. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Like for you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it, baby. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest One Hundreds and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. You make me go crazy. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favorites, our least favorites, and continue the ever-continuing story of Carryover Champ, Carryover Chump. Nathan, you've been such a good sport. Aww. You can go first. Thanks, mate. My new champ is Starlight by the Superman Lovers. <laughs> Woo! Yes! Uh, Fuck yes. At the drive-in's very good. But, <laughs> I, mean, I can't give it to a song that I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll check this out more to like... Such a pure moment of joy for mm. like two decades. Mm. I really didn't like the Ash song, but uh, least favorite has to go to Crazy Town. I think I'm gonna keep Good Charlotte as my chump, though. Okay, Snap for Starlight, perfect song. Uh, and least favorite, just by default of having the least experience with it, I'd probably say Lazarus Dog. Very interesting uh, combination of songs to talk about for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna make Salamander Champ. Absolutely. Nice. What a tune. 
Uh, my favorite and new champ at the drive-in. That was a delightful listen. I am thrilled to be able to explore at the drive-in more. And oh, that's dude, all I'm I so keen for that. We we got to do like a live reactive doing. Right, oh, can we can we listen to relationship together at yes, the same time? Fuck yes! Yeah. Oh, that'll be amazing. Um, uh, my least favorite is Crazy Town, but my um chump remains Good Charlotte. Yeah, my favorite and new champ is easily at the drive-in. Um, I imagine it's going to stay that way maybe until we talk to about at the drive-in again. <laughs> um, my least favorite was Butterfly, but damned if I didn't find it very interesting. And mm. it, I, asked, I got a lot more questions from listening to that song <laughs> than I thought I was going to. For sure, um, man. But it is not my new chum. Now I'm going to uh, remain that with the song that I have no questions about. Super Heist. I've got all. I've got all I need for that one. <laughs> yep. We are done with the eighties. We are about to move into the swing and seventies with a bunch of uh, returning artists coming up over the next ten songs. Got some highs, some lows, some everything in between. What could possibly happen? Well, you know if you've already read the list. But uh, for those of you that don't like spoilers. Stay off Wikipedia <laughs> because they will tell you everything. Until next time, my friends, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Shellshock. Bye. Mr. Andrew McShellshock. No. He's, he's shut down. <laughs> he's, sh- he's shut. He's, he's gone. You've broken him. And on behalf of Mr. Adam Epic Buncher. <laughs> it's better than a shell shock one. That's way, like, <laughs> compare the music to the lyric, like to the, yeah. Mm. <laughs> my name is David James Young. Come, come, oh. my lady. Lady. It's an incredible song. Incredible. Incredible song.